all you pet stylists. You found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie, and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. Who's going to introduce the show? (laughs) I don't know. I think that's going to be the introduction now. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode one of the Traveling Groom Pod or episode 342 of the Groom Pod or 171 of the Traveling Groomers. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Best Shop, Show Season, Groomore, Evolution Shears, and Stazco. As well as Hanvey, Evolution Shears, Positive Educational Training, Ray Pet, and Andis. Guys, do you know that we have a Patreon? Oh, good. Do you even remember that we set one up? Yes, we do have a Patreon. Uh-huh. So, okay, I guess if everybody wants to, like, help Chris buy this little soundboard, <laughs> um, I guess we'll have to find the link for that. Yeah. I'll, yeah, that'd I'll, be a good idea. I'll find and it. everybody I'll knows where to, to find our Patreon links, which are on our website, groompod.com. Also, our donation button is up there. And that's how you basically tip your podcasters. You can search for the Traveling Groomers podcast on Patreon. It might just pop up for you. And then they would uh, just magically get the slight stream of income, which is always helpful. Or you could go to the groompod.com and you could support us on that Patreon site. So there you go. Patreon plug done. You're so good at that. I got to be better at that, which is why no one knows we have a Patreon. <laughs> I didn't know you have a Patreon and I listen. <laughs> See, so you're right. Because <laughs> we forgot, I keep, for, I forgot it existed. You know who donates to our Patreon? My husband, $1 a month. That's good. Which goes to the Groom Pod because I donate to the Groom Pod Patreon. <laughs> so <laughs> Patreon just kind of like does a deduct weirdness. <laughs> What does he get for his $1 a month? Hmm. Warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah, he does. He does. Patreon's a great way to support independent producers of content, you know, and it's a different world today. The way we produce content, the way people consume content, it used to be commercials on TV. Now we've got them on podcasts and you can choose a wide variety of people to listen to. I mean, even in the grooming world, we have so many grooming podcasts now. And there's one for every taste. So if the groom pod isn't for your taste, or perhaps traveling groomers aren't for your taste, there's shit on the table. There's there's uh, Michelle Evans's. There's Colin Taylor's. There's, I mean, just a host. Oh, let's not forget Women Peppreneurs. Oh, gosh, sorry. Oh. I always forget that one because I can't <laughs> say the name right. I always add an extra syllable in there. And I can't, and yeah, so I just kind of blocked that out. Sorry, Mary. <laughs> Huge embarrassment. Nah, yeah, you're fine. I had a story of something that happened yesterday that I wanted to talk to all of y'all about. Okay. Because It was so frustrating to me that this happened. And I don't know if it happened because of lack of communication from the original groomer to the client, lack of knowledge from the groomer to the client, and a little bit me not asking the right questions. But I think even if I would have asked, I might not have gotten the right answers because of lack of communication with the Okay. Let me back up. What happened? So what happened? I took a new doodle client 
That was your first mistake. That was <laughs> that was my first mistake. But here was why I got the call. I got the text. Please call me. You were referred by so and so. I'd need to talk to you about my dog. Didn't tell me it was a doodle, but fourteen years old. Oh, and is having trouble standing. Oh, uh oh. So their other groomer doesn't want to take him anymore because he can't stand. And I'm like, all right, fine. What are you doing this Saturday? Is that mistake number three? Possibly. My first thought is that you're a house call groomer. Yeah. How are you going to bathe a dog that doesn't really want to stand in a person's bathtub or shower? First of all, I, I have done that before. Second of all, what I wanted to do was actually one day a week, I rent my friend's van. So I was going to book her on a van day because I figured I had more options, not as hard on my back because I have done that. And if they have a bathtub, I just put the bathing beauty in the bathtub. Just make sure the pumpkin doesn't drown, like doesn't lay all the way down, but I can manage that. So in my conversations with her, everything was focused on the dog not standing. That was her main concern. That was the concern expressed to her by the previous groomer. And I'm like, I've totally done senior dogs before where I wash them, I roll them over, I rent, you know, you, you roll them over and do one side at a time. I've, I'm like, I got this. He can stand as much or as little as he likes. So since this is the first time I'm, she's watching, I have the van door open, the dog's in the tub. As I'm bathing the dog, she says, and you know that something about, I, I just don't know, maybe she heard him. She said he, she tried to dry him once and he went to bite her and was barking her. So he, she air dried him now. And I went, <laughs> this is the, the dog is already wet in the tub. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Dog sudsy. Dog is sudsy in the tub. And I went, you know, 14 year old dog bit, quote unquote, bit and started barking for the dryer. Oh no. Dryer seizure. Dryer. So I said, okay, well, how long has the dog been air dried? Oh, a couple years now. Uh Okay. So this is what might happen. And I told her about dryer seizures and I was careful to say, this is not the medical term. This is not, even though seizures is a medical term, this is not a medical term. It's a groomer phrase. And it's, they just can't tolerate the velocity dryer anymore. So I am going to try, but I may have to make a second trip. So the dog a hundred percent was not standing. So it's laying, he's laying on the table and I have a happy hoodie on him and I have the nozzle off the dryer and I'm trying really low. I'm like, let's get as much of this as possible. But yeah, not even halfway through, he starts whipping his head around and barking and flailing trying to get up and have you ever seen it's the saddest thing ever have you ever seen like a really old dog that is all legs flailing trying to stand up that can't really stand well it's like a baby horse it he looked like a colt turn off the dryer wrap a towel around him hug him till he calmed down calmed him down talk to the owner and the really 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 frustrating thing to me was The other groomer didn't communicate with her exactly what the problem was. You don't know that. I don't know that. Don't know that. Don't know that the groomer may have very well communicated that to the owner. 
because she knew the dog was being air dried for years. So my guess is that the groomer did tell her there was a problem. She neglected to tell you the same problem. But there's a difference in telling them there's a problem that the dog started barking and tried to bite and using the phrase episode seizure. Owners don't have to know our terminology. They don't. So I'm taking the whole pet academy grooming behavior Mm -hmm. series Mm -hmm. of classes to become a certified master grooming behaviorist. And one of the things Chrissy has taught us is that you have to be a detective. I mean, a real serious detective. Mm. When you hear that the dog has been air dried, you've got to ask the further questions because the owner doesn't have the information that we have, the knowledge and medical stuff that we have, the knowledge and grooming behaviors that we have. So it's like a mystery. It's like a detective story. And you've got to unravel it by asking a thousand more questions. And so I'm going to liken it to, I bring my car in to the mechanic. All right. And he can explain to me what's going on. And I'm going to go whoosh over the top of my head. And the only thing I'm going to get out of that is that my car is broke and something needs to get fixed. (laughs) All right. Don't ask me why I bring my car into the mechanic. I have the mechanic write down what the problem is. I will take a picture of it. I will send it to my husband, but something will get lost in the translation. I I guarantee it because that's not my field. I don't need to know the terms of what thing is broken in my car. It's just something is not the owner's responsibility to know this is, this is client communication. The owners do not have to know what our exact terminology is. That's our job. Okay. So I'm going to tell you how to fix that. All right. So I have what I call the old lady form, the elderly dog release. And in that release, I go over what could be a problem, whether or not I know it's a problem, dog may be fine, but the owners need to know this is a senior dog. This is the issues. Groom stops when I determine it is no longer safe for the pet or no longer safe for me. These are the minimum charges that apply regardless. I give options like we can groom on the installment plan. If I can't get it done today, I'll come back another day. We finish. Minimum charges apply each of these trips. I have them set the priority of the groom. What's important to you to get done? Because we'll do that first and then we'll see where we go from there. And that's all signed and dated. So when you have dogs, it's our responsibility to communicate to the owners because we know what can go wrong. We know what entails in the grooming. They do not. I had a a kind of an opposite kind of a problem a couple of weeks ago. I had a woman call with a Laza Opso type that had been rescued off the streets of a town in Mexico. So it might have been rescued, but it also might have just been picked up and brought to the United States because maybe it was just wandering around like it always did in <laughs> Mexico. You know. But anyway, the owner told me that the dog was deathly afraid of water. And the dog didn't like machine noises. And the dog had been to the vet and my vet friend, a vet that I worked with many, many years ago, referred them to me because he knew that I would kind of sort it out. And she said that the former groomers were not telling her anything. 
that she would drop the dog off at nine o'clock and pick the dog up at 4.30. And they, she would say, how was he? And they would say, oh, just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, the dog wasn't just fine. The dog was terrified. The dog had what you might call a bath seizure. I mean, just an excessive stress reaction to the bath enough that we just aborted the bath. Abort, abort, abort. We're not doing that. So we dry cleaned the dog, uh, used some spray stuff, towed it down, fixed it all up. It was actually good enough. And we won't even go to the bath until we develop some kind of trust with this animal. Um, The other thing, Chris, that occurred to me as you told your story is that if I heard the owner say while I was in the tub with the wet dog that the dog couldn't take the drying, I would have immediately just wet clipped the dog and rough finished it and let it air dry at home. And that's it. Why even go there? You know, like, yeah, wet clipping is an option for me. And I've done that with dogs that don't tolerate the drying. Well, of course, now I have a, a salon. I have a shop. Mm-hmm. I hesitate to call it a salon. I have a workplace <laughs> where I have crates and I can dry dogs in crates under fans. Yeah. Or in an exercise pen under uh, air movers. And uh, that's an excellent option. But the wet clip seems like it didn't enter your mind. You know why it didn't enter my mind? I have done wet clipping for trying to save coat when you're trying to save a little bit more when it's matted. It's something about the wet hair sticking to my hands that makes me hate it with a passion. And cleanup is much harder. Yes, it's, it's irrational, but it's something about how it sticks to my hands and how it sticks to everything because I'm a clipper vac everything kind of gal. Well, so you guys are spoiled that way because I can't do the clipper vac well with the, with the wet clipping. Exactly. To me, the cleanup is easier because it's wet hair and you just gather it up and throw it in the, <laughs> in the trash with your hands. Doop, doop, and it's just like, but then it's all sticky to my hands. <laughs> You could still pre-clip the dog with yes. a clipper vac. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, I yeah, would yeah. go. I, I would just cut the dog first well, and, you know, whatever you end up with is kind of part of it. Um, but let me say I, something about Mary's handout. So, Mary, I think that's a great handout and you're so 100% right, but I'm going to go one step further. I have a safety policy. Safety policy. All dogs. If your dog is having an issue, is freaked out, grooming stop, needs to stop, mm-hmm. and we backstep. So I, I have also a difficult dog handout. Yeah, safety policy. And by the way, let's take a quick break. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groom More is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar, and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. Safety policies are such an important thing. In your safety policy, spell it out. Do you give them a piece of paper to take home with them so they can look at it again later? Because sometimes, especially with behavior cases, you have to bring that 
back yeah. up to the forefront of the discussion. They are supposed to print out two copies of their client agreement, one for them and one for me. They don't have any of that. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you don't. No, I, I worked on the eye contact handshake thing. And, uh, I, and I'm sorry, but that's just the way that I've worked. And I have such a small clientele and such a reduced schedule and a, and a reduced you know, a reduced client load. Yeah, notice that, I said uh, supposed to. Yeah, and me too, because mostly it's verbal with me. It's, I'm like you, it's verbal, but I'm taking this damn class that's making me do these handouts and shit. Excuse me, can I swear? Yeah, I can swear. Oh, you can, you can absolutely swear on this podcast. The only reason I don't swear is that Chris will grab it as a sound bite. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One day I'm going to get a recording of you saying, Fuck she's going to gonna use it. I'm going to use it as a sound effect for the rest of my natural life. Susie used my F bombs as a, you know, like find Barbara's F bomb and you'll get a free t-shirt, you know, and it's a, it's a way to make them listen to the whole damn podcast because they have to, you know, like, Wait for it. <laughs> no, no, no. Chris, Chris will have to earn that that sound bite. <laughs> you know what? But, You've just made me realize that the next time we, we do a road trip together, I just have to have my phone recording in my pocket because I could have gotten yeah. it at one point and oh, I yeah. just wasn't could have gotten a dozen of them driving down to, to the Atlanta Pet Fair. I can't help you with that. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> Wait, do I actually have one now? I'm wondering if I have one on my phone. This is why I do the podcast and not Atlanta Pet Fair anymore. Yeah, right. Good point. I, I got it. I got loose lips. What can I say? Barbara you know? has to be Barbara. Yeah. I feel so much myself. Oh, Barbara, did I tell you about, I, it might've been the first time I spoke at APF and I didn't drop the F-bomb, I dropped the C-bomb. Oh, yeah? Oh, because I was so nervous. Because it was, I want to say it was the first time I taught there. It was the ergonomics class. It was like a 100 people for the first time I've given a class. Oh, and God. I was sweating. And it was before the class officially started. And I'm going over stuff like oh, my contact information. And I said, but I'll put my email there but don't really email me because I'm not good at checking it. And you'll just be like, Chris hasn't responded to me. She's just a cunt. And I went, oh, I literally went, oh, was it a pin drop situation or not did everybody crack really. up? Everybody laughed, I think, more at my reaction. But it, it was before the class started. So it wasn't like full, full. But they just, they just, I said, oh, I'm sorry. Jersey just flew right out of my mouth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and everybody laughed. Yeah, I was in a class with Angela Comfe and she dropped the F-bomb. Oh, yeah, Angela did? Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she did one of these things, too. Like, oh, my God. And she just then warned everybody and better not appear on the evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Chris. Yes. I realized that that wasn't the focus of your story. There was more no, to that story. There was more to that story. So what wound up happening was I had a long conversation with the client because while I hear what you're saying about it's not the client's responsibility to understand our terminology, I 
realized in that moment talking with the client that I am an educator. I know I've been teaching for years, but it is important to me that the clients I work with are partners with me and with their vet in their dog's health and safety and care. Amen. So it was important to me that she knew what it was, that it wasn't serious, that, you know, there, I have seen really bad episodes like this where the dogs lose control of the bowels. This was just the very beginning. He seems fine. And we toweled him, we brushed him out. And I said, I will be back later in the day when he's air dried, because I had the ability to just shift my other appointments up and come back at the end of the day. So where we left it was, I gave her two options. And that is because I've done this for, for other dogs where I pre-clip, I do the best pre-clip I can and then towel and let them go. Or we do what we did today. And she's like, okay, well, we'll, she's going to talk it over with her husband. And, you know, when she does text me back, I am going to have to tell her, you know, if this is a two visit, it's going to add like at least $50 to your price because that's a whole second back and forth. And, and that's where a lot of owners will make their decision. Yeah. We can do whatever it is you want. I like giving owners options. These are your choices. ABC, pick one of them. I'm fine mm-hmm. with all of them, but there's different actions that go along with them. I've done, I've had a golden retriever that they wanted the puppy cut on the golden retriever, but you know, can't dry them. So you know what? We clip the best we can beforehand, wash them, towel them off. I, I just love these clients. Dad would come with a big blanket, wrap his dog up in a blanket, carry him into the house because he's an old dog, lay him down in front of the roaring fire so he could dry. I want to be picked up in, in a blanket and laid in front of a roaring fire to nap and dry. Yeah. I'm like, I die. I want to come back in this household. I'm putting that out to the universe. I die. I come back as a dog in this household. The only thing that dog was missing was the book, maybe the uh, a glass of wine, possibly, <laughs> and possibly the little, little pipe. Right. <laughs> so you could also... Do the owner bath. I will let them bathe the dog and the dog air dries. And then I just come over and do the cut. And as long as their bath is decent, I will continue to let them do that. And that's another way to ease the stress of the whole situation. There's compromises to be made to work with some of these special needs animals. And, you know, like if they're willing to have a less than perfect finish, I'm willing to have a less than perfect bath. You know what? And that's that's another option I could present to them because we're, we're, I think we're already at the stage of this is not going to be a perfect groom because there's no way in hell that I'm putting the dog through what would be necessary to make it look perfect. So if they want to give it a bath, even if it's not like the greatest bath ever, that's fine. That's fine with me too. That would be easier to fit into my schedule because I almost find it easier to do those dogs house call. Absolutely. It's yes, it's harder on my body, but B, it's way easier on the dog. And I'll just follow them around on my knees and kind of keep them half contained because I'm still going to try to use the clipper back. I had a grooming table, a portable grooming table that I could screw short pipe feet into. Mm -hmm. And so that I was able to put the grooming 
arm on it and use a grooming loop and keep the dog in one spot. The dog was a little bit elevated, so they didn't want to step off the table. And I had to sit on the floor, but it was really manageable that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you just go to Home Depot and you buy the pipe fitting. Yeah, that that worked until you're about 70 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I had a, a, a golden doodle customer that texted me. I've been grooming this dog for maybe 10 years. She's a really good, blonde, excellent golden doodle. Very well behaved, really nice dog, but she's getting old. And I raised her price to $100, which is, you know, like not even the most that people in my community are getting for doodles these days, but I needed to do that. So... Georgie's mom texts me, how much do you know about poodle mix genetics? What? Well, not much, except that it's a crapshoot, you know? And she says, well, because I've purchased a Bernatoodle puppy for my (laughs) autistic young adult child. She's going to be with a behavior trainer until this fall that's an extensive training till this fall but uh her coat isn't at all like her litter mate's coat it's really a mess no i was wondering if you could explain that to me you know i just begged off i just didn't want to say good luck you just made the worst choice in your whole fucking life you know (laughs) she could have barbara to be fair she could have gotten a sheep a doodle So could have been worse. This Bernadoodle thing is exploding. Oh, it is. It's it's killer. Why would you take such an undercoated breed, such a kind of working dog, Mm -hmm. and put it with a doodle? Why not just get a freaking mother golden doodle? I don't know. Now golden doodles and labradoodles are old stuff. That's right. You got to have the latest one. You got to have the Bernadoodle. Let's really make groomers die. (laughs) Mary, how happy are you that you're retired from physical grooming right now? (laughs) You're just all quiet, just smiling out there at the the top portion of my screen, just like, (laughs) oh yeah, I don't have to do any of that. As a joke, Beth, the woman that I do a lot of the first aid classes with, she was in New York. I was in Connecticut. And sometimes when our vans were down, we would swap vans for the day. All right. So we could not like be totally backlogged. So I was borrowing her van. And as a joke, as a joke, my client calls her. This is like two days before Thanksgiving and leaves a message. And I'm, I'm sitting in the back and I'm just totally laughing. She goes, she has this giant grand schnoodle. And she does know what a giant grand schnoodle is. This is back in the day before maybe there was a couple of golden doodles, lab doodles. That was it. It wasn't this this mess. And I also know Beth doesn't, you know, listen to her messages right away. So she leaves this and she needs to get in in two days with this giant grand schnoodle. And I'm just listening to, to Beth listen to the messages. I'm bringing her back her van. And she's like, what's a giant grand schnoodle? I've never heard of such a thing. Is she crazy? Did they just breed a giant schnauzer to a standard poodle? What is wrong with people? 
And the schnoodles were the easy yeah. dogs. The you best know? of them all. I loved schnoodles. I had one. I rescued one from in front of my shop. And two or three months later, I like registered this little dog with a humane society. Two or three months later, the child of the family who lost the dog called me. And she said, well, we had just picked him up from the breeder and we were going to keep him to make puppies. And I just said, oh, gosh, uh, I just wouldn't give him back. I don't blame you. And his name was Lost Dog. And if <laughs> I only could have him now to do my grooming now, and I have a picture of him in his whole shaggy state. I would love to regroom that dog now, 30 years later. Oh, well, anyway, they were good pets. But I don't know, Bernadoodle might be a decent temperament, but aye, aye, aye. Anyway, let's take our second commercial break and we'll be right back. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. I have a great after grooming career. I've thought this up and well, I have like eight of them. You know, because that's how my mind works. But one of the ones I want to do, I want to do dog matching, matchmakers. I want to be a dog matchmaker. And I do it for all of my clients and pretty much all my friends. I want to help people find the right dog for their lifestyle. Ooh. And yeah, Ooh. and it would be fantastic. And, you know, it's a kind of a consultation type thing. I come over, they tell me what they're interested in. We look through what's at the shelters. We make some choices and we talk about things like a burn doodle. Well, you've just picked about the second most expensive maintenance dog you could possibly get. Possibly. People don't understand how much money it costs to maintain a doodle before they get the doodle because they're so in love with the look of the doodle and they're so in love with the temperaments of a lot of them that they, you know, oh, my friend has one. I've got to get one. They go out and get a doodle and they don't realize that it's $250 a month to keep the dog in coat. And but what a cool job. Wouldn't that be fun? Because you oh, do matchmaking. Yeah. And you, you know, yeah. the other day, I had uh, like a couple in their late 80s. They came in with an 11-month-old soft-coated Wheaton Terrier that was off the wall. Oh, no. Bad match. You know, he was dragging them around, and it was like such a mistake. <laughs> and I, see, I would be too biased to, to do that do job because anyone over a certain age that said they they were home all the time and wanted companionship, I'd be like Cavalier King Charles. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great choice. That would be a great, solid choice. Be shown for they. Well, depends on if they have the money for grooming. If they want to maybe a groom occasionally when it gets stinky. Yeah, I had a family probably in their 70s, husband and wife, who had the most fantastic 
lab that they got in their 50s, late 50s. And it was a laid back dog by the time I came along, Tux. And he just kind of laid around the house. And when he finally passed away, they got a lab puppy. Mm. And it was insane. And it pulled the woman down and they tried to go to behavior classes. And that was one of the real instigators of me really letting my clients know that I'm not only there for, do I need to go to the vet questions, but I'm also there for how do I replace my dog that died two years ago? Please just call me and I'll help you. I'll help you find the right dog. You should read the Legoto Romanola email group. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People were getting these dogs and they are like hyperactive off the wall. When does they settle down? And they, they don't realize how much energy this breed has and how much work it wants to do and how it has to have a job. And they're a supercharged energy dog that doesn't like grooming, you know, and these people are just doing it in a kind of a pathetic, humorous way. They're complaining about <laughs> their dog is biting them. When did the zoomies stop? <laughs> Broken furniture. When they know, like, die? <laughs> yeah, you know. Depending on how old they pass, maybe a week oh, before they die. I hate to tell y'all. <laughs> but <laughs> this is an extremely high energy breed. You know, they're just looking at the cute curly coat, this curly look. While Barbara is frozen, let's take one more break. Chris Bear Anthony here, visiting the Groom Pod. So if you know me, you know how much I love my Evolution shears. They are the only shears I actually use. So check out all the options, including customizable non-swivels, at evolutionshears.com and give Abby a shout with any questions you might have. Groom Pod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GROOMPOD. So check them out today. Your hands will thank you. While Barbara unfreezes, we are back. The entire point of bringing this up, and I will take some blame in this because I wasn't a good enough detective. I was focused on the standing because that was really how it was presented to me. But if the client tells me as I'm doing my belated detective work, if the client is telling me things like the dog was trying to bite them or barking at the the dryer doesn't sound like the groomer tried to explain about having a, a, a seizure because she she made it sound like it was a behavior issue. And both clients and I did an excellent job of not bashing the former groomer because it could be she just didn't know. I'm, I'm expecting she just didn't know. How there's so much education available there now A lot of groomers have not been exposed to information about dryer seizures. It just doesn't always come up unless it happens. Then there's different ways to interpret that behavior on the table. And one of them is to think that the dog is angry or the dog is disturbed or the dog is crazy or something they don't realize that it's actually a physiological thing that's happening, that the dog is being triggered by something that it can't filter. We don't have all of the biology of dryer seizures yet, but uh, a lot of groomers don't know that it's a thing. can suggest until you're blue in the face that people get more education. 
but until they've been grooming for a little while and realize how little you actually know about grooming in your first like five years, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say, yeah. because to, to quote someone I talked to earlier today. <laughs> so I was at an event recently with a young groomer who is still finishing our local school. Nice lady. She's really excited about the business and enthusiastic about getting some equipment. So she is going to shop at SuperZoo. Of all the choices of places to go for your first show, I said, you know, that wouldn't be my choice. I might wait a little bit longer and go to one of the other shows, you know, and I gave her some options. It's where you can digest the situation. It's it's very overwhelming. And in her mind, she's just going to buy equipment. So she says to me, oh, and I said to her, because of our experience, Barbara, you and I having our adventures at SuperZoo, I realized that the, the seminars are over here and the shopping is way the F over here. And it's very difficult to do them both in an efficient manner for your first show. You just, it's overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me and I'm a trade show veteran. She then says to me, oh, I don't need the classes. I bit my tongue. Bless her heart. I know because I remember thinking how much I thought I knew in the beginning and how little I could actually absorb. But the trick is to go anyway and to learn everything you possibly can because some of it gets through. And then later on you go, oh, I get that angulation thing now because angulation was like, I couldn't get it no matter how hard I tried it the beginning and then all of a sudden somebody showed it to me and it made sense and the light bulb went on but you can't force a young person who thinks they know everything from school to then go and see the benefit of all those wonderful classes they're just not there yet shit we lost her again oh oh you're back i am not yeah you are we see you uh it's a holiday weekend yep Oh, and that's when this is most likely to happen. So everybody's like connecting with their long lost family or something. And then it's worth sticking out, though, even though we've had a little audio problems, you guys rarely yes. do you get a panel of four people who let the other people speak, number one, <laughs> which is vital. Also have the depth of knowledge that we've got right here. It's pretty exciting and fun. And I hope you just suffer through a little bit of. I think we need to do this again. I, I think we need to do it, uh, you know, like quarterly or something. I'm game. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. Because you know what? Maybe we could even get like Chrissy Newmeyer Smith up here. I feel like I'm cheating yeah. on her. She should be here. Yeah, yeah. she really should yeah, be yeah. here. And I know she's sitting at home right now doing nothing but working on her classes. And I was so tempted to say, come join us. Doing nothing but working. Yeah, just crazy woman working on her stuff. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's a date. This is now uh, a quarterly podcast crossover, but with Chrissy. So we have three podcasts in one. We're supersizing it for you. I love it. And and the best podcasts out there. <laughs> I, you know, when I went into the pet industry, I was 38 years old. It was, I was coming out of being a stay-at-home mom. So I was starting a new career and I didn't know, I mean, I went to school But I don't know if it was my age or from being a stay-at-home mom coming into this that I wanted all the education. I mean, I was fortunate that I was in 
Connecticut. So there was three local shows for me. There was Intergroom, Groom Expo, and the New England show, all within driving distance. Oh, I'm so jealous. And what was really awesome is that Intergroom was in the spring, Groom Expo was in the fall, and I could shop twice a year. (laughs) It was really good. So I went into the industry really grasping the importance of continuing education. And the first time I went to SuperZoo, that's when the Happy Hoodies just came out. They had that booth there and I saw it and she was watching the video and I made Beth buy some and I bought some and brought them home. And as far as I was concerned, they're like God's gift to groomers. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. I love them. Me too. Yeah. I wish they held up better in the laundry, though. They lose their elasticity a little bit too early for me, for me, uh, you know. And it's funny that my bather, Yvonne, Yvonne loves them. Dave never uses them at all. Yvonne loves them, but she'll use ones that are too big for the dogs and she just lays it on there. Does nothing, you know, but. It's a procedure that she does regardless. So that reminds me, I need to get some new, fresh, happy hoodies, maybe some purple ones. Oh, yeah. I use the big ones as trainers. The dogs that don't like them so much, then I use the big one and then I flop it over and then I work my way down to a tighter one. I find the color ones hold up better. Hmm. Yeah, I'm using the pink ones. Well, anyway, the industry was so different when I entered in 1971 and that's what I wanted to ask you sorry go ahead go ahead and ask me Chris do you remember when you started in 1971 were there curved shears already in use (laughs) we just talked about this on the groom damn it yeah no but, but that's okay we could talk about it in two places because you know I learned from a groomer who was a natural scissor hands type groomer. And we only used eight inch straight double duck 88s, big, heavy, straight handles. And shears have changed so much. I never knew there were curved shears. I never knew there were snap on combs. I didn't see any of that until I opened my own business in 77. I called my mentor, Bill North, and asked him if there were curved scissors around when I started. And he said he thinks there were, but he never needed them. You know, I had to sharpen my own double duck 88s with a, with a, um, what do you call it on the table where you screw down? A a whetstone? I had to use, no, I had to use a file, but I had to oh, use okay. a, a clamp on the table. Oh, vice. Yeah, yeah. A vice, thank you. Yeah, oh, it was rough. But and, and interestingly enough, he ended up retiring with terrible hand and wrist problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and only in his last couple of years, I took him therapeutic shears from scissor man with an offset handle and a double thick bumper and uh helped him get through his last couple of years with that yeah these yeah yeah kind of like those yeah you know like so i think there were curved shears available but what 
was not available were all of the options and handles that we have now. It was the even handles. Yeah. And, and of course, everything back then was bevel edge. No, there were no convex chairs available for groomers. The convex chairs, when they did come out, like in the 80s, they came out for beauticians, for hairdressers first and small, you know, three and four inch things for hairdressers and then moved into the grooming industry. So that was one big shift. And now you, you'll see that probably 90% of the groomers use convex shears rather mm-hmm. than bevel edge shears. I still like to have bevel edge shears available because I learned to groom on those and I learned that they kind of really hold the hair well. They don't mm-hmm. push the hair. And so I can get through thicker hair and do like feet and stuff uh, real well with with those. So I think they were available, Chris, but they just weren't widely available. And that's the hard thing when I'm trying to track this down. And I don't know why I got it in, in my head that I must know when they were introduced, but there's a difference between when they were introduced and when they started going into common practice. I'm teaching a new class in Dallas about why swivel shears are awesome and like the purpose of them and how to fit them and all of that. But just because they've been around for over a decade, there are a lot of people who still don't use them, who still don't know about them. May have seen a pair and been like, meh, like your mentor is like, yeah, I I saw curved shears. They exist, but why would I need them? Because I can do everything. Bill said, well, you know, I just, I don't mean to be a snob, but I just didn't need them. Yeah. And he said, I just couldn't understand why you would need those. And I said, well, I needed them. <laughs> First of all, back in the 1970s, the styles were different. It was yeah. much more, there wasn't like angulation happening. There's just a lot of straight puffy leg poodle things mm-hmm. and, you know, straight terrier legs. And uh, not a lot of curvy places in the styles. In the, yeah. Um, so I can I can understand that. Although, see, he used to do poodle puffs with straight chairs. He just would make it a square and then cut off the corners. Yeah. And and, and then you'd have a round thing. You know, he just he just didn't. It was just a nothing burger thing to him. He didn't need the curved shares. And so he didn't introduce them to us because he thought that if we could do everything with straights, we could do everything. Yeah, he's not wrong. And it it wasn't until those curved shares showed up in catalogs that I got it. This was something I might want. Now, the way an old school person explained it to me because I'm friends with someone who's bred and shown black Russian terriers for ages. And she, she loves them. She loves it. I know, but I've never done. I never want to do. Anyway, anyway, because the curves on them are so big, she uses straight shears and she's like, well, if you're using a curved shear, you're locked into, you're locked into that shear. Like you're locked into that angle 
-hmm. the curve. And if the angle that's on the shear isn't in the angle you want to put on the dog. True. That's not true. Yeah. Bill said, I don't understand how, how these groomers use curved shears and they scissor straight legs. Well, you know, I've done that. Yeah. And I know that Melissa Contadiner uses curves on everything. If you use the middle part of your shear most mm -hmm. and, and not the tip, you can do straight lines with your grooming. You can do straight lines. I cannot. I can delude myself all I want to that I can hold a curved shear and cut that leg straight, but I cannot do it. <sighs> and on that note, let's take one more commercial break. Summer is the season where we are likely to find dried out coats. And show season has a special shampoo and conditioner called Honey Pet. Honey Pet shampoo and conditioner is made with Manuka honey as an additive and also almond oil. And it's excellent in hydrating the coat. It also smells real good. And it comes with a matching conditioner that contains the Manuka honey, the almond oil, the sunflower oil, triglycerides, and a little dash of dimethicone, which assists in combing and brushing the coat. You can find these and all the great show season products at showseasongrooming.com. And I'm with Susie here. There's no way I could put a straight edge with a curved pair of scissors. That's not happening. She's talented. I am not. Okay, now you can if you have swivels and then you drop it down and use this part to do it. Yeah, any curved scissor, if you use the back edge of it, and then you use the center part of the blade. Um, what there wasn't then was evolution in hairstyling before blenders and thinners turned into chunkers and then were adapted into the pet industry. And there's still people that have never used a chunker. And I don't think a day goes by I don't use a chunker. Yeah. We lost half of that. Yeah, we lost the beginning half of that. <laughs> and I'm sure it was really good. I'm sure it was really good, too. Let's <laughs> Wise words that were never spoken. I hated my chunkers. When they first came out, when they first became prevalent in the industry, I bought three different pairs, all of them eight inches long. And I pushed with my thumb and use them for like two weeks and then I would cross and that was that the thing that was the key for me with my bad scissoring is a really small pair of chunkers because yeah. I can't mess them up and I love them I mean I love I can't I don't even know how I ever existed before I had those little chunkers yeah I use my small chunkers the most but then again I do small dogs the most. I use the larger ones, the eight inch ones with doodles. I had a, a pair of the, the guy, the blue breeze, those really big ones. Yeah. And I just needed to be, cause I'm the same thing with, with Susie that my scissoring technique, I would like kill them if I wasn't careful. So I would use them for golden butts. It would be swipe, swipe, golden butt is done. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I needed to just to be aware that that was my issue and use my smaller ones for just about everything else except for golden butts. I love a good pair of chunkers as well as, you know, like I have at my, at my table and my little right at my hands scissor holder, I have a five and a half inch bevel edge curved, a blender, a chunker, a straight edge, and a, an eight inch straight and an eight inch curved. And that's my main things that I use. I have dozens of others at a, within reach, but that's the main things that I use all the time. And I and possibly another couple hundred still roaming around yeah. the studio. Oh my <laughs> right God. I got scissors in every freaking room. <laughs> I, I have some right here, probably. I have some, yeah, I have yes. some. I, so I, have a, I can't find a sharpener. My sharpener is like a wall. Funny thing happened to me this week with a golden. So I thought I'd share it. Oh, yes, please. Just a little light story. I was grooming. And wanted to put up a picture of myself with my headphones on in my trailer, right? So I took this selfie of myself and the dog put her head on my shoulder. And there was this big golden head right on my shoulder as I'm obviously in my work clothes. Well, I dumped all my big dogs. I mean, all of my big dogs. And it never occurred to me that I was posting a picture of a big dog groom. <laughs> oh my God, did that landslide. One of my best friends from childhood who has a brand new golden puppy that I said, my shoulder's too bad. I just can't do it. She put up golden. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> completely busted. And I oh, backpedaled and tap danced. And I said, but that's, I only have to wash them. I don't have to dry them and I don't do any cutting on them. And that's the only reason I accepted these dogs, which is the truth. But God, be careful what you post. Yeah. It will come and bite you in the ass. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, these things happen. So guess what? I'm what? doing her puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was going to be the moral of the story. That is the moral of the story. But it, better someone I know than someone I don't. So I, I'm fine with it. Because in case you didn't know, my new horse is rehabbing my shoulder really nicely. Uh, so you know, things are looking good. Yeah, I can now lift my arm again. And yeah, I think I just found an excuse to take up horseback riding. There you go. Because my left shoulder bothers me. That's what the it does is it works all the muscles across your bra strap and down. And that's really what need you need to support your shoulders in what we do where we hunch over all the time so holding the reins and pulling back and lifting the saddle up and all of this stuff is really gentle but very subtle rehab and it only costs oh, you know just a little bit <laughs> it only costs. yeah yeah it costs you know although it costs different amounts depending on where you are in the country because if you're in a horse-friendly area, it's probably a little less than, I don't know, urban New Jersey where I live. She's in my front yard. So, okay, you know, yeah. I'm not paying someone else to keep her. Yeah. Hay is doubled, though. Doubled. Oh, shoot. Pellets, pellets, pellets. <laughs> Until Jeez, things settle I would have known that. Our grass literally got like four feet high. It's all field grass. You can sell it. Oh, we already cut it down. Oh, well. Oh. 
Somebody should have said something here. Well, well, now you know the summer's not over. You can grow another four feet by the fall. No, 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 no. <laughs> the only reason it went four feet is because all it, it's and it's raining right now. I was going to ask here too. Uh, it's just that it rained so much that we couldn't get the lawn tractor. We have five acres, so it's not even it's not a little lawnmower. It's it's a big old lawn tractor, and we couldn't get the lawn it on the ground because it would just sink into the mud. It's not Ooh, fun really? towing that out of your yard. No, it's not. It's not. You know, it's good, though, that it's raining now because we both live in spots where the potential for fire damage could be disastrous. So that's not an issue here for some reason. Well, you're supposed to be in the rain shadow, right? But you're getting uh, your own share of rain this year, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. We're getting a lot more rain than normal. Yeah. Uh, But the trees here are fir trees. They're not pine. Same here, but they still burn. Oh, you know, yeah. when I first moved here, I see fire. I'm, I'm in my office and I look out and I, and I see fire and I'm like, oh, that's not good. You know, so I call the fire department and it just turns out that there, uh, this is all state park here, but there's, um, I guess, a grounds for where they keep their equipment and the groundskeepers were burning stuff, which made it look like there was like a forest fire going on here. Firemen, you know, straightened that out. But you know what? That freaked me out. But the fire department is like, eh, don't worry about it. We haven't had a forest fire here in like 75 years. It's true. I mean, it's rare, but it's stupid people cause forest fires. Stupid people. And I border State Park right here. Yes, indeed. But I'm ready. I'm ready for, I have, are you ready for this? Is everyone sitting down? I think everyone's sitting down. Yes. Four days off. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. That needs some kind of, do you have a cheer or magic? Yeah. The truth is I have four days off. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies oh, and God. It sounds, like a, sounds like a fire hose. Oh. <laughs> yes, I imagine it does. So, you know, I, I am so hard of hearing that the applause sound effect sounds like a rainstorm or a fire hose. And I am having increasing difficulty understanding even on the television. I mean, I'm in I'm a mess on the phone. And uh, it isn't a volume thing. It's a distinction thing. So it just sounds like people are talking in a strange language with a lot of squeaking and squawking going on. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons I watch news channels a lot, because they articulate a little better than they do like in the movies watching yeah. movies sometimes i just especially if it's men that are mumbling i can't get it <laughs> and let this be a lesson to each and every one of you listening to where you're hearing protection i wear mine yeah. through the entire room uh, i'm sure that that mine was first of all genetic my mother had hard hearing and secondly had a lot to do with playing in bands and I, as a percussionist, I always got set up in the back in front of one of the giant speakers. (laughs) I loved every minute of it. (laughs) So my husband just sent me pictures of outside because it's raining and literally like the grass grew like three inches. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. It's a blessing and a curse. We're so lucky to live somewhere so green and beautiful and lush and resource plentiful. And I mean, it's just the best, but 
we're having a summer of no summer. Yeah, we had a couple really, really nice days. This past week has been oh, really nice. Days. Yeah, just a couple. The, here's the thing, right? I know you're in Arizona. Chris is in New Jersey. I am not missing New England summer. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's hot. It's humid. Yeah. It's disgusting. I would much rather sit out here in this nice temperate weather. And yes, it's July and I am wearing a little sweatshirt out here. Our heater came on this morning. Yeah. You know, we have heat. It's all right. It's all right. I I had the AC on once so far this season and and only in the evening made it comfortable to sleep. That was it. I don't have AC. That's crazy talk. (laughs) I hardly use it. When we decided to build, I was not living in a house and not have central AC. That was the whole New England summer talking there. That was not happening. Well, I'm glad you like it here since I was part of the committee that talked you into coming out here. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, I'm really, really happy out here in the Pacific Northwest. I can't imagine living anywhere else. And I hate the heat. So this is yeah. fine for me. Yeah. Only thing that bugs me is I can't ride in the rain because my saddle will get wrecked and I'm not riding in a poncho. Just from spending four days out there going to the Northwest grooming show, I'm like, I have to talk my husband into this. Um yeah bring Um, him next time yes no seriously bring him because when we came out here the first time i spoke at the tacoma show was because we were coming out here i was going to make it a business trip so we can you know kind of scope out the area and we went just to look chris we were just Mm going to look at property that was it and we bought five acres (laughs) yeah that's how it happened how's my cnn face i've been practicing you had a bernie sanders earlier (laughs) oh yeah when he froze it's been a long time (laughs) you had froze and like i was too slow to grab the screenshot on it thank goodness no no before before the the bernie sanders look she had turned her head to the side and i guess she was looking down so it looked like a scene out of a horror movie because it was just a side of the face the hair was just covering that side and she was pointed down and it was like almost a second that you would expect her to come up like this. <laughs> and here I thought I did real good through the whole thing. It was a naughty computer. It wasn't you. It was a naughty computer. I do have different lighting because I put tarps over my skylights trying to cut out some of the rain drip. But I still have the window, you know. I think it looks good. Yeah, well, I'm going to get a some kind of a roll up cover to put over that window it's kind of bright uh you're kind of bright okay you know what actually let's finish up all right oh yeah um, yeah no no no, hold on barb you have a webinar coming up so why don't you tell us about that oh the webinar well yeah i am going to do the appreciating additives presentation as a standalone webinar with the groom pod what's our date august 21st coming right up Yep, coming and, up. Um, I'm giving it away. It's $75. It's likely to be two hours. It's between one and a half and two hours. There'll be Q&A at the end. We'll discuss it all. I'm going to update and upgrade my PowerPoint that I used um, at the summit. And I'm going to uh, charge only $75 for this. And it's limited seating, 25 people. That's all I can handle. We'll be doing it on Zoom. 
We're going to be explaining the role of additives. We're going to talk about the difference between a functional additive and a claims additive. And we're going to talk about uh, some kind of myths and truths about some additives like oatmeal. And it's going to be a really educational, wide range thing so that we can kind of get up to date on the fun stuff that we find in our pet shampoos and conditioners. Cool. So what happens if you're not lucky enough to be one of those 25 or you're doing something that day and can't attend? Is there going to be a recording you can purchase? But we don't know yet. We'll just have to see. Fun of doing a webinar with me is the moment. You've got a point there. (laughs) I'll bring that one. (laughs) All right, cool. Thank you for helping me remember to do that because I, of course, spaced off our own promotion. What time is it? What time? Oh, yeah. What time is it? Evening? You tell me. You're the boss. Well, I think probably 11 a.m. Pacific time. So that's two o'clock your time, Chris. Okay. Hey, thanks for having us on. This has been a gas. Well, actually, thanks for having us on. <laughs> yeah. I love this mutual appreciation <laughs> society we've created here. It's perfect. You know what? I think I lost my voice temporarily screaming at the Barkley Honors Awards last year. Between you guys winning and then Trake Saber, and I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. All right, now that you've got your Barclays honors, now we can win. Now- <laughs> Barbara needs an award. Barbara needs one, and then you guys can have the rest. We'll okay. we'll kindly back out. Barbara gets an award too, though, okay. because I'm keeping this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm keeping that one. Wait, <laughs> tell them you need two. You have two co-hosts. Okay, we've had this conversation with Todd. Todd is listening. <gasps> Make two smaller ones. Well, our fingers are crossed that we win again so Barbara can have hers and then we'll just politely let other people win because we know we're badass. You're all of the OG badasses. She's a little bit more competitive. I don't get competitive until kind of the last minute and then I get real serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. See, now that I have one, I'm a little backed off for the serious gotta have it but i want one for you i want it because this is a labor of love for us i mean seven years in now it's so exciting that we still are holding our listenership up and that you guys still tune in to hear us and all of that you know what Susie? i'm gonna hit you up after i have an i i have an idea I have an idea. So, so guys, now that you know that shenanigans will be happening once we stop recording, I wanted to thank everybody for Me coming. Me too. This was so much fun. And we'll we'll definitely be doing this again. Did we miss anything, Mary? I oh, know, I think we covered and I think we at some point hit our topics. We so have, but we, we never answered no. the question. <laughs> we never answered the question. I know that's so typical of us. It's, it, yeah, we, we digressed. We skirted enough around it. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always next time. Thanks for coming, guys. Remember to support both of our shows on Patreon. And happy grooming, everybody. See you next week on The Groom Pod. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Safe travels. Okay, but our episode, isn't it like 168? You said 121. Yeah. Episode 168 
was recorded on 610. We have recorded. Okay, uh, so the point that I'm making, you said episode 121. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We recorded episodes since then. This episode that we are recording is 121. Okay, okay but we just recorded 168 a couple of days ago. No, we. Huh? No. 168, on. we recorded on June Okay, 10th. but isn't 121 a smaller number than 168? I know we're 342, so I'm 71. completely by this. 171. <laughs> okay, um, what we have here is a failure to read my own writing. <laughs> okay, now that we got the episode numbers we'll just let that hang there out. for a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The problem was when I wrote down 170, scrambled. Um, I, I, I scraggled it. So I'm like, oh, this is obviously now 121 because that was 120 because I can't okay, read my the own writing. Part of it was that your head wasn't, <laughs> sorry, I've lost <laughs> Your head didn't translate the fact. No, it didn't. It didn't. My head was so vastly different. That would be that would be my head not translating that. This is why we're groomers. Because we just don't do this other shit well. 121, 171. You know, this is another episode. (laughs) Listen. Okay, if anybody's still listening after that. What are we talking about today? Okay. Hang on. Are we, are right. we going with our semi-topic? Oh, you can't yeah. hear the. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the next thing that Chris oh, is going to be buying. She needs oh, this it badly. Is. Definitely. By the way, 